Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections into these special topics. If you are a faithful listener, you know well that each and every Thursday, what I do here on Seeds of Truth is take your questions. And a question came into my inbox probably two to three months ago about why we should go on a pilgrimage. And so what I thought I would do this evening is uh, grab a close friend of mine, someone you have heard before here on Seeds of Truth, Chris Seibert, and allow him to more or less answer that question because he himself recently went on a pilgrimage. And again, I'll let him talk about that. But uh, before we get into that, I did just want to welcome all of you out there who are tuning in by way of podcast, especially those tuning in the countries of Canada uh, Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, all those folks listening out in Western Europe, Italy, Portugal, Spain. I think we're going to be talking about, right, some of those countries. <laughs> so I welcome all of you. We've been there. Uh, yeah, that's right. I welcome all of you uh, into our studios because, well, without you, this radio program would not be possible. Now, that being said, Chris, I do just want to welcome you more formally into the radio station here. As always, it is a great joy to have you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, it's familiar environs here. I'm, I'm happy to be back to join you. <laughs> so, Chris, the question is, why go on a pilgrimage? And maybe off the top, we can define pilgrimage, which will have us more or less answering the question. Now, what is a pilgrimage? Well, a pilgrimage is a journey to a holy destination with really the purpose to renew our faith. What does it mean to say faith? We believe because we could not otherwise bear the weight of our existence, right? So there's something inside of us that longs for that which we don't have. And so we are constantly moving towards God, seeking God. And so these opportunities come up before us to go to these holy places, and we anticipate that renewal. And as we anticipate that renewal, we prepare our hearts so that we might be able to bear the weight of our existence. Now, that being said, Chris, your pilgrimage, you did go to Western Europe. Uh, what was that about? Yes, uh, hello to uh, Portugal, Spain, and France, because uh, <laughs> if you're listening from there, that's where we um, Americans, there were a group of six of us that went, uh, we went to uh, the main points would have been uh, Fatima, Portugal, uh, Lourdes, France, uh, and then Paris, um, with a stop at Normandy, the, uh, uh, the site of the D-Day invasion. Um, so that was, those were the main points of emphasis, and then uh, a lot of stops in between uh, Portugal and France in Spain, places like Loyola and Avila, mm. to name a couple. Mm. You know, Chris, as you say, those places in between, I can't help but think how so often God reveals himself in the most profound ways in all of those unexpected places, in the places in between, if you will, 
So I'm sure uh, Avila and Loyola, and of course, there you're talking about St. Ignatius of Loyola, who I've been talking about, interestingly enough, here recently on Seeds of Truth, the founder of the Society of Jesus, who we Mm -hmm. otherwise know as the Jesuits, right? And then, of course, Avila, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, St. John of Avila, who we have talked about a great deal. So hopefully our listeners are familiar with St. Ignatius of Loyola, Mm -hmm. uh, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, these pilgrimage sites in Spain. Chris, as we were talking before, we were talking about those sites that touched you most deeply alongside of those unexpected places. Mm -hmm. And certainly you highlighted two, Lourdes and Normandy. Um, And I know you probably have things to say about Fatima as well. Yes. But if we can start with Lourdes, if we could start with Lourdes, what was it about Lourdes that uh, was a highlight for you that touched you so deeply? So when I entered into Lourdes, and um, I should set up the fact that I um, threw a, a, just a, a, a saintly uh, group of people, uh, we were able to go with five other young men, in age, a, ranging in ages from 17 to 23. So there were six of us. And what struck me first and foremost about Lourdes is the universality of the faith. We arrived in the evening, and... I can speak to a piece that just kind of enveloped us, myself and the young men, um, as we walked into the main square, which is in front of the uh, the, uh, the church. And um, at that time, we walked into a rosary procession, and it starts at nine in the evening. And it's, you know, it, this was a Saturday night. I'm not good with numbers, thousands for sure, maybe tens of thousands. I don't mm-hmm. know how many people were a part of this procession. But it was, I, I know you talked about the word inspire. Um, I felt lifted up in seeing the faith of these thousands of people from all over the world. The rosary, of course, is being prayed in probably a dozen languages, but all at the conclusion of the Ave Maria uh, lifting up the candles mm. as a mm. as a sign of, you know, this is the light of the world. Our universal faith. light, right? Yes, the universality, universal light. The universal light. So that was our introduction. And, and from there, we spent three days, and it was just kind mm. of, it felt like we were in a, a bubble of grace, if you will, um, so that, you know, we together could experience, you know, it was a being there experience in, in Lourdes. It was seeing the grotto where Our Lady is is reported to have appeared to St. Bernadette. It was entering the cathedrals there, the churches that are just spectacular. It was dipping ourselves in the waters, mm-hmm. drinking the water mm-hmm. of Lourdes. So the experiential part of it, along with the inspiration of just knowing we're a part of something greater than ourselves, the roots of faith go so deeply Mm-hmm. in this place, mm-hmm. that you can't help but enter into it. And the more you open yourself up to that grace, the roots of faith being there, mm. the more you receive. So it's kind of an exponential kind of you know investment that you get back, these yeah. 30, 60, 100-fold yeah. returns. So, You know, you talk about dipping yourself into the water. There you're talking about the miraculous spring for our listening audience. Our Lady of Lourdes is an apparition site where Mary appeared to uh, a young girl by the name of Bernadette, who we know now today, of course, as St. Bernadette over 150 years ago. 
and there was this miraculous spring. And we can't say gush forth because really it trickled forth right from the ground. And this spring led to a great number of miracles. I have talked about this before, but for our listening audience, I would just encourage you to go online and do research on Our Lady of Lourdes. You'll find some fascinating details. The church does not take this lightly. Uh, the church does not take any reported apparition site lightly. They do their homework. They bring in their, their medical team, their, their teams of science to to investigate, and what they discover often, as they did in the case of Lourdes, is they discover the supernatural. And by that I mean healings that cannot be explained on natural terms, if you will. Mm -hmm. It is a, a rite of passage to go to Lourdes and to dip yourself in this spring. And there continues to be miracles, right? I mean, right. that's right. that's one of the great things, one of the, what attracts so many people to Lourdes. Right. The water is accessible. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I brought yeah. back a lot to yeah. <laughs> uh, folks here yeah. uh, in Chico and, and anywhere else. So it was interesting that Lourdes kind of took me by surprise. I will admit that I didn't know nearly as much about Lourdes as I did Fatima. Now, Fatima was the first stop on our pilgrimage, and that was the source of our wanting to go. And, you know, in our discussions with these saintly sponsors who, who sent us, Fatima is a 1917 event that's, you know, when it started, when the apparitions occurred. 2017 has been 100 years, so that was our reason for going, sure. to go first to Fatima. And Fatima was an incredible experience as well. Lourdes was just, you know, I didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. I didn't see mm -hmm. the depth of it coming. Mm -hmm. um, and what a, you know, what a incredible amount of gratitude I have for that experience, both experiences. You know, even as I say, Lourdes, Fatima, Normandy, these are the highlights. Maybe you prepared your heart so much for Fatima that you brace for that, if you will. Right. And here again, you have, even in the highlight, that is Lourdes, uh, surprising you. Right. Uh, you, you really prepared your heart for Fatima. And again, I go back to this because God loves to surprise us. <laughs> God loves to surprise us. And we need to open our hearts up to God's surprise. And when we do so, he does extraordinary things. I like that image that you offered up, Chris, that you were in this bubble of grace. We were talking about inspired earlier. What does it mean to be inspired? Well, the word itself, inspiratio, literally means to blow into, to inflame, or to breathe. The word for spirit in the Greek is panuma, breath, right? So just as our lungs long for air, so do our souls long for grace. And when we receive that grace of God, yeah, then we find ourselves in this bubble. And uh, sometimes there are things that happen in life that seemingly pop that bubble. God is calling us to stay in that grace that we might continue to bear witness to what we've experienced. And of course, in your case, Chris, what you experienced on this pilgrimage. Yes. And, you know, just speaking a little bit about Fatima there, what I felt was I, I knew the story so well because it had been such an important part of my own conversion. It, it felt as if I had been there before. It was kind of a, huh. a, a really interesting experience because I feel like I've read so much about the place and the, and the shepherd children who are now saints, Francisco and Jacinta. But a real deep sense of wanting to offer yourself in reparation. 
you know, the, the, the theme of penance is very strong in Fatima. And I found myself, in, in thinking back to Fatima, as we returned to the States, I found myself seeking ways that I could offer small sacrifices. Amen. Something as simple as, you know, in Fatima and everywhere in Europe, there, there's no padding on the... Uh, yeah. On the pews, you know, when <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, when yeah. you on the kneelers, the kneelers, yeah. And so I found myself without even thinking about it, just kneeling on the floor. And I know that sound that could be kind of sound like a, a little trite thing, but it's it's this spirit that you enter into that you want to hang on to. This spirit of, I don't want to call it spirit of penance, just a spirit of of wanting to offer yourself an offering, because that was present everywhere we went in these holy sites you you see thousands of others offering themselves and lifting prayer lifting themselves and all of their brothers and sisters up in prayer that's what you want to continue and and i think maybe that's my own personal inspiration is to bring that back you know i'm not in a bubble of grace anymore but to bring back the grace and the the experience of being there in these holy sites you want to bring it back with you, and you want to keep it alive. The battle cry of the early church was, what operates your motives? Why do you do what you do? Why was that the battle cry? Why was that the first question? Because essentially, that got to the heart of your faith. Now, what motivates you? What is the first thing you're thinking about when you get up in the morning? What is the last thing you think about when you go to bed? What preoccupies you? God or those things opposed to God. And I think, Chris, what I hear as you went to these different places, you were inspired. And part of that inspiration was getting you back to the basics of the faith and really back to that question. What motivates me? Why do I do what I do? Right? Yeah. It is about offering everything that I am to God. It is about Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, where our, our very lives are called to be an offering of spiritual worship to God. That's what it's about. We're responding to the question, why go on a pilgrimage? I often get the question, what's the point of this sacrifice or that sacrifice? We can ask our wives, Chris, what is the point of our smallest sacrifice? And they will look at us and say, it means the world to me. Why? Why? Because when we are attentive to the smaller things, the bigger things begin to make sense. And for God, how all the more is that true? Right? So when we offer those little things to God, that simple penance, God sees, and that's all that matters. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares what other people see or don't see? All that matters is not only that God sees, but maybe, better said, what first motivates us, which is to glorify God, which is to please God, yes. which is to do it joyfully. And, you know, you say small sacrifices, and they are. And that's why I said, gosh, it almost seems kind of trivial, but the little things that I'm doing, I feel like are an important part of what I bring back. And we went to Lesu, the little way, mm. you know, do mm. small things with great love. You know, this was St. Teresa of Lesu's great approach to holiness. And, you know, I can't help but think of the relationship between father and children, too, for you yeah. and I. Yeah. When our children offer up a small little sacrifice or a small, I'm thinking of you, Dad, it melts our hearts. And it does the same for God the Father for us to do that. I really got that sense being on this pilgrimage with five other young men 
who, by the way, were adopted by this group of mm. mostly East Coast pilgrims. And let's just talk about the demographics. I mean, most folks that go on a pilgrims like this are older, and I would say 80% of them were, were women. Yeah. And that's pretty typical. And these five young men between the ages of 17 and 23 became celebrities because <laughs> they loved seeing yeah. young people yeah. taking time out of their summers to go and do this. Now, it was a great blessing for us, but it's, it's their yes, too. It inspired and, them. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and, then that, and then that way, they were able to give back to these, these older folks great blessings as well, just by their presence. And, you know, so small little things, small little sacrifices added up. And then I would, I would want to make sure that I mention Normandy, Joe. Oh, absolutely. Since we're talking about young men, all of the young men in 1944, June 6th, who stormed the beach at Normandy, especially the first wave, were this age. You know, the, the average age was 23 or 24. And so you talk about a place where you can almost tangibly feel what went on there. That is Normandy. And we went specifically to Omaha Beach. We had a incredible, inspired leader of our group, mm. uh, a young, well, a, a middle-aged lady who had nothing but gratitude for our country, the United States, because of the sacrifice of those young men in 1944. Amen. They were, in their own way, martyrs. Absolutely. And we could all Absolutely. feel that. We yeah. all feel that, felt that. And, and we felt just the sheer gratitude from this lady who grew up in Normandy, and still lives there, and wanted to offer herself as a guide so that she could try and repay back, repay a little bit of what had been given. There is just a profound sense of the sacred there. You know, it's the American cemetery, so you have thousands of crosses and some uh, stars of David for the, the soldiers who gave their lives there. So you get that sense. You everywhere you look, there's a monument, and there's a there's a line about valor and courage, and you know, giving yourself for something greater than yourself. Amen. So everywhere you yeah. look, it's and and we got to walk again. Water being a thing, yeah, we yeah, got to yeah. dip our feet into the waters of the Atlantic Ocean there, where it where it meets Omaha Beach, and wow, to to kind of. Touch something very important about being an American, and especially yeah. being a young person in America, to understand what sacrifice means for freedom. And, of course, we have the connection between freedom and faith. Boy, those dots were connected mm. by these young men, and it was, a, it was kind of an ideal last spot, if you will, to finish up. So just a, a really, I literally, Joe, personally, I, I had tears. I was weeping for about half an hour just listening to the story. Chris, we have already talked about it, and even, and even as you talk about it now, you know, there's something that wells up within me that just wants to give a great big fist pump. <laughs> you know, it's yep. like yeah. we need to remember. We need to have that conversation with the past. You know, here we are mm -hmm. talking about what a pilgrimage is, taking this journey to a holy destination. Well, Chris... What better place to go mm -hmm. than Normandy outside, of course, maybe Jerusalem itself, because right. there you are talking about, what does the word sacrifice mean? Sacrum fitse, to make holy. These men made Omaha Beach holy, yeah. right? Why? Because you said it. 
they fought for freedom. And without freedom, what do we have? And I was very much appreciating that your guide was appreciating the United States of America because to do so is to appreciate freedom. Right. Is to really mark the importance of what freedom represents. So true. And like I said, to make holy, I, I brought back some of the, the sands of the uh, beach at Omaha, and I now can put that next to my dad's sands of Iwo Jima, where he uh, was. Mm. Uh, my own dad was a veteran of Iwo Jima. So, I mean, I think that's part of the pilgrimage, too, is you bring back sacred objects. I mean, I have lots of vials of, of holy water from Lourdes. I've got lots of rosaries from Fatima, and I want to make sure that those holy things are brought back and used by others, for sure. There was something I wanted to... Oh, I wanted to make sure we give a shout-out to the British and the Canadians, too. Okay. They were a part of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Normandy. Because <laughs> okay. I, I can see the map in my mind. It was just so impressed on my head. There's five different regiments, and there were two British, two American, and, and one Canadian. So yeah. don't want to forget the, uh, we the, have the allies out from, there. We from, have from England and Canada, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so we're good. Chris, one last piece I wanted to touch upon, and that is this call we have to make our own homes holy destinations. You started to go there a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. but I really want to hammer this home because I think in the end, this is what it is all about. If we live out our faith in the places we live, then the places we live will become holy places, right? Places where future generations might go on pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. We had gone to coffee the other day, and when I got back, I was just really thinking about... How am I making my home, as I was sitting in my home, this home, a holy destination? I think this is a challenge before each and every one of us as Christians and Catholics to really take what we experienced in these places out there and bring them home. You, You talk about the small sacrifices. What better place to start? Right. Right. Because in the home, you'll find all of the concreteness and particularity that we are called to give back to God. And sometimes it can almost be frustrating. This doesn't make sense. This is so trivial. Lord, what are you doing in my life? And yet God says, just give me not what you have, but who you are. And then what will follow will be what you have, what you possess. And, and that's essentially what our life is about. And what struck me again and again is that um, faith is a community. While I was in Fatima and Lourdes, in Loyola, where St. Ignatius, you know, I want to make sure I give a shout out to uh, the, the leader of the Jesuit order, St. Teresa of Avila. Faith is a family, so it's the perfect place to bring back a pilgrimage is to the home because that is our first community. You know, that's where we learn this faith and how to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Maybe someday, Joe, Mayette Avenue will be a place of pilgrimage. <laughs> Mayette Drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 1027 Mayette Drive. Yeah, yeah. There you go, 1027. We want to get the right place. But, I mean, we laugh about it, but why were we following in the footsteps of St. Teresa, St. Ignatius? Right. I mean, it's because they lived lives of heroic virtue holiness, indisputable generosity. So we want to learn from them. And that's where, okay, in our homes, that's where holiness is lived out. Whether your family is a bunch of, 
young men who want to be Jesuits or whether your family is Colby Avila and Sienna yeah. and uh, Isaac. Yeah. Isaac, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is where I've heard you use the term, the rubber meets the road. You know, yeah. So now it's let's put it into practice. That's it's, right. It's not a bubble of grace anymore. It's, it's this tangible, you know, small sacrifices done in great love. Yeah. You talk about family, Chris, and the saints are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We read about them. We go to the places they mm-hmm. lived because we want to become a better version of who God is calling us to be. And they are our examples, right? They are our examples. And so we embrace that example because when we embrace that example, we are imitating Christ. You know, as you were talking there, Chris, another thing that struck me was in my own pilgrimages to various sites across the world, I have always been touched by the fact that a lot of these saints really did come from humble backgrounds. And not only that, ordinary homes. Right. I mean, this home could have been the home of Chris Ibert. This home <laughs> could have been the home of Jehoiakim, right? <laughs> and that has always touched me because when I walk into my house, I say, gosh, this is an ordinary home. Mm-hmm. Right? And what does that mean? Well, Joe, make it super ordinary. Right. Make it a holy destination. Mm-hmm. When you study the saints, you are quickly reminded, Chris, that every saint had a past. Right? Mm-hmm. And we have our own past, yes. But the saints remind us we also have a future. Right. <laughs> and so while every Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. And I think this truth once again gets us back to the heart of why we go on a pilgrimage, Mm -hmm. right? To be renewed in our faith, to rediscover our faith, that we leave the life of sin and enter deeper into the life of virtue. Right. Amen. Amen. All right, Chris, I am looking up at the clock and we are out of time. So I don't know if you had any closing thoughts. Well, just real quick, Joe, you were talking about the ordinary. Uh, One of my um, just natural uh, concerns with having a a group of young men was that it wouldn't be quote-unquote boring. Hmm. And in in talking about the the ordinary, like, okay, we're going to go to the home of St. Teresa of Lisieux. We're going to go to the home of St. Loyola. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe this will be a little bit quote-unquote boring for them. It was just the opposite. In the in the kind of the everyday and the and the particularities of of those ordinary lives, the, the boys, the young men, entered into it and really saw how important it was to walk in the footsteps, even though it seemed very humble or or ordinary. Mm-hmm. They understood because you make the ordinary, the extraordinary, really gratified by that. Amen. And we'll close with that thought, Chris. Thank you. Uh, In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.